0: My father, he thinks I'm insane.
1: From the writers of Lost and the creators of Once Upon a Time. You claimed you traveled to this place, Wonderland. You fell in love with the genie. I'm
0: gonna find him.
1: She's not the Alice you thought you knew. Oh. Ah, I sense that you can take care of yourself. Next Thursday, the search for her lost love begins.
0: All right, rabbit, take your hole.
1: Once Upon a Time in Wonderland series premiere next Thursday at 8 7 Central, followed by an all-new Grey's Anatomy and Scandal on ABC. Guys, we are back. being is for doing, and we are here doing another Scandal After Show for AfterBuzz TV. This is Season 3, Episode 1, and we are so excited, so very excited to be back once again. If you don't know me, I am your host, Emil his Jr., joined here with three amazing gladiators, starting with the beautiful...
2: Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley.
1: And I'm Bam Erickson. And before we begin, guys, um, if you don't know, if you're watching us live right now, this video goes to YouTube and it also is a podcast on iTunes that will appear later on tonight or tomorrow morning. So make sure you check us out on iTunes, rate, comment and subscribe. Um, and speaking of iTunes... Um, we also have an app that's called the podcast app. If you download down the app store, and you can have the podcast come automatically into your inbox if you subscribe to that. And go to YouTube as well. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and just give us all the support and help us out. And, and yeah,
2: and tell a friend.
3: Yeah, yes. And while we're talking about that, we have a great show coming on ABC. We have an after show for it as well. It's. Um once Upon a Time in Wonderland, starting this week, October... No, next week, Thursday, October 10th. So, make sure you tune in. The premiere, um, it's about Alice from Alice in Wonderland. She's not the girl that you thought you knew. She's all grown up, smarter, stronger, and a fighter. And she's in love with the genie from Aladdin. Okay. Right? <laughs> I know, right? Her father thinks she's crazy, and her doctors agree. But... The main point of the story is that she embarks on her most dangerous and mysterious journey yet. And she's going back to Wonderland to rescue her one true love, who's being held captive by the Red Queen and Jafar, who is the evil wizard from Aladdin. You guys remember him? That? Yeah, yeah Of course you remember, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so from the writers of Lost and the creators of Once Upon a Time comes a brand new series. And it's a whole new world loaded with uh, stunning visual effects. TV Guy calls the show Provocative and it stars a few people that you probably are familiar with. One guy from Lost, Naveen Andrews, Sophie Lowe, uh, Emma Rigby, and a bunch of other people. John Lithgow, who's an amazing actor. So guys, make sure you tune in. Thursday, October 10th is the premiere of the
2: series Once Upon a Time in Wonderland.
1: We're going to have to check that out. I know. Great lineup. So yeah. it's Once
2: Upon a Time, Wonderland, Grey's Anatomy, and then Scandal. Yep. Yeah. Perfect Thursday, ABC.
1: Let's do it, guys. And, you know, in that And that read talked about Crazy Father. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into Scandal Season 3, Episode 1, this premiere episode. We left off last season, um, I don't know. For our season finale, we weren't quite thrilled, but now that I've rewatched, I think that it was a that, that season was amazing. We we have different opinions when we watch it live here and then go straight into the studio. But going back, I don't know if you guys did, but going back and rewatching the episodes, you really find the connection that you can't quite get when you watch it instantly. It comes straight in here because you don't have time to process. But Bam and I were talking right before the show. Like when you're rewatching these episodes, it's like, oh my god, I really, really love this show, and you for, not like. Anyway, the point is, (laughs) I'm glad to be back. We're glad to be back and break this episode down. So let's start with Olivia and her dad, because we left off of that at the very tail end of last season. And we saw him throughout season one, not season one, season two. And now we see not only another side of the father, a deeper side. We find out more about Olivia's character and kind of what makes her who she is. Um, First of all, Joe Morton is an amazing actor. Uh, (laughs) One of my new favorites Agree. I already had Cyrus is one of my favorites, but he is an amazing, amazing actor. And we saw them in the car and they were, um, he basically said, you haven't talked for 22 minutes. I wish you were like that as a child. And then we have this beautiful acting scene between Olivia and her father when they go to the airport hangar. Um, So what do we think about her father based on what we've seen in this first episode?
3: Uh, Dad is a a bit on the harsh side. I know when we were watching, I said, Dad is emotionally abusive out here. Like, he really came at Olivia and had no boundary. There was no real filter. He kind of, he
2: said stuff to her that you were, like, I, I cringed. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, because he basically, it's almost, she's a grown woman, number one. Number two, she's Olivia Pope. Number three, she's. An educated, intelligent woman. She is very aware of the situation she's in. She doesn't need him, basically, to say, you opened your legs to a powerful man. Basically, like, you have no power. I'm going to tell you exactly how this is going to play out for you. Really, what he's doing is the knife is already in her gut, purposely using that analogy. And he's now twisting it up. There's no need for that. Other than to basically put her off her guard to then control her and get her in the plane. Which is exactly, if you think about it, was his intention. And that's actually what he did. So I think he has probably always been that cruel, but was intentionally cruel because he knew that's exactly what would get her on the plane.
0: I disagree. I felt she needed to hear that. Because she's so used to... um the shoe's always on the other foot. So she's always the one that's telling people, this is what you need to do. And she was in a situation and yes, she's Olivia Pope and and she may have thought that, but I don't think the reality really set in because she just thought, I'm gonna go back and things are gonna go to how how things are planned. And then once she got to Olivia uh, Pope and Associates, no one was taking her calls. So her dad, I felt like he told her that because he's the only one that can really talk to her in that way. And kind of get to her.
2: I agree.
3: But as a woman, if my dad talked to me that same way, if he gave me that same message a different way, I would have still listened. Like the harshness of it. I felt I get it for the for the scene. And and like what what you said, he needed to to get her and like kind of smack her in the face so she can see it. But he, well, he had a harshness to him like he's been harsh to her her whole life. Like but, that but, wasn't just a, a to th- you know,
1: okay. like In a way though, I get what you're uh-huh. saying. I get what you're saying. But if we break down the relationship of Olivia Pope and her father and you think about the parent, relationships with your parents or whatever, you're saying that, you know, if he was talking to her in a softer tone or a different way then he could have got the point across. But based on the relationship that they've established over the years, I don't think that any other way would have gone through with her or resonated with her because if you would have said you know olivia as your father I, it, it, first of all she didn't talked to him for 22 minutes in the car so once she got out like the only way he could get through to her was to be verbally abusive and really get down to it and kind of insult her to the point where she's like oh my god and it was the it was the line that he said where oh it was when he he didn't belittle her but he reminded her of what she used to say when um she was little and he was like, you know, you have to be twice as good. And he kind of paused and she said, twice, under her breath. And it was that moment where he kind of like, okay, I got her where she needs to be right now. You're gonna go on that plane. Um, so I don't think he was... <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of double-sided. I think he was harsh but at the same time. She
3: was fearful.
1: You know, Like, what? her reaction,
3: she was afraid. Like, and that be- wasn't like... That wasn't a situation where it was like, dang, right, you right, Dad. I needed to hear that. No, it was like, she was like, sinking down, like, Almost it, it, to
2: me it was like does he beat her like that's how scared she was like she kind of was just she shrunk and I'm, it gonna, wasn't- I'm gonna take it another step further I'm gonna say that it is in this situation it's actually worse than physical abuse because if you think about it the totality of who Olivia is is words right she's a fixer how do you fix you by controlling the narrative that's all words right technically the underpinning of who she is is a lawyer the 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 foundation of who a lawyer is it's words it's how you use your words to either pick someone up or to slice someone down that's exactly what he did because not only did he articulate what happened he then went one step further and basically said do you have to be this mediocre yeah basically he didn't just call her a whore <laughs> he, he then said you believed him when he said that you could be first lady and in believing that. Now I have no respect for you because that is the lowest of the lowest of positions. He's like, you you couldn't have been chief of staff? Something better than just first lady? And we'll touch upon it, but then it juxtaposes towards the end of the episode, Melly's conversation with Fitz. How she always feels mediocre in her position as first lady, being such an intelligent, strategic, dynamic woman that she is. So I think it's both, but I think that it's actually worse because the way she, you know, when he went like that and the way that she quivered, it was sad.
0: I think that what's really interesting about Olivia and her dad is in a lot of ways she's just like her dad because when Olivia has to get, she she gives that speech to people when they don't want to hear it. And it was almost as if she's like her dad. You can she's told, she's you. totally like her dad, and it's tough to hear your dad tell you those things. But if you go back to all of the other conversations that Olivia's had when she was fixing, she's popped you right in the gut when someone didn't want to hear it, but they needed to hear it. So that's just how I look at it. But yeah, from a father daughter's perspective, yeah, he was he was a bit harsh, but they are really like they are really the same, and that's why there's that disconnect.
2: I, adri- oh I, agree. I, I strongly disagree, and the reason I disagree, I agree with the, the 75% of what you're saying, but he didn't fix it. He told her to run. Yeah. And to me, that is the exact opposite of technically the person he said he was supposed to have raised. Like the person to me based on his personality, if he's raising her to be better, someone better and stronger and who works twice as hard wouldn't get on a plane and run. He would actually fix it. So when he said I'm here to fix it, then fix it. Theoretically, that's what she then when she actually woke up tried to do was fix it. Running is not fixing it. She has never told any of her clients to run. She has always fixed it. So if she jabs, she holds you and she pushes you back up at the same time.
3: You know what? I think I would... I wouldn't feel so creeped out about... Not even creeped out. I wouldn't feel so like weird about the conversation if the backstory matched their relationship. Like, if they had this... If he came, approached her like this, but then <clears throat> she went to school and stayed in the house... Like, remember when they said the backstory? Yeah. She mm-hmm. hadn't lived in a family house with him since she was 12 years old. Since the
0: mom died, since yeah. Since the
3: mom died. She was a boarding school.
0: So that, shows a, uh, that does show a form that of shows, neglect yeah, because us, he yeah. basically just threw her off to boarding school and didn't want to have anything to do with her
3: so with that said if you're close with your dad and he comes at you like that you will feel like it's from maybe more of a from a place of love mm-hmm. like you would be like dang dad I get it but when it's coming from somebody that really basically wasn't even fooling with you like that you know <laughs> your whole upbringing that, that to me shows like Sophia said that's he's like belittling her. like that it's it's a different it's a different lane it's not i don't i didn't see it coming from place of love i saw it coming from place of control and he was trying to belittle her
1: well then also though there are multiple times where he just doesn't have any confidence in olivia and he tells her she doesn't know in in i guess a way he tells her multiple times she doesn't know how to deal with the situation he doesn't know what she's doing and i understand that you know olivia Uses as we saw in season one season two, she attempts to use her gut when it's not, her judgment isn't clouded, but she attempts to use her gut to solve situations. But obviously her judgment's clouded when she's the actual client. But that doesn't mean that Olivia has no clue what to do in these situations. And that's the issue that bothered me with the father because he kept treating her as if she was not capable, as if he did not raise a daughter to be capable of solving this situation at all. And, and I, I'll,
0: no, go ahead. go ahead. I wonder because Shonda's very good at backstory. I'm wondering because he revealed information that basically said, I know more than what you think I know. And so I do wonder in some episodes in the future, will there be a backstory to them having other conversations because he knows so much information and he was there to obviously get her daughter when she was in the in, in uh in the, in the scandal. I wonder now if he knew and maybe they had other conversations that maybe will be a back uh, a backstory. Weeks later in season three,
3: I don't know. I feel like he. I feel like there's so much fishiness about his situation. Even and we'll save this for predictions, but even the way the mom died in the plane crash, he was supposedly a curator for the Smithsonian this entire time. Something about me t- tells me that his whole family set up. Is being controlled by him, including the mom situation with her not being around anymore. Ooh. I just don't take it as her just dying off, like, oh, you
2: know what I'm saying? And I just know, don't take it. I'm I, sorry. I, Kenelia, I think that's brilliant. And repeat that in predictions. No, seriously, like, I think there's something there. Um, and specifically, I think that Olivia's life, specifically as it relates to Fitz and this scandal, is about secrets. Obviously, her dad has kept secrets for her from her. And basically, he said he's kept secrets from the United States of America. That's what he needed to do for them to be able to sleep at night. And and she she, not just they, but she, Olivia Pope, has no idea what he's done for this country. So she knows he's powerful, but not necessarily obviously a curator of the Smithsonian. <clears throat> However, I think that it also plays, and I think the backstory has to come out a little bit more because it's it speaks to her sadness. Obviously, we find out that her mom died at 12. Not only did her mom die at 12, but that she said, you know, uh, the president will destroy you. He said right when she got back into the limo, he said the president will, you dest- will destroy you. And she goes, that's what mom said about you.
1: Mm-hmm. Right?
2: So that means they were already actually estranged, uh-huh. estranged in some way prior to the mom dying. Mm-hmm. Then, obviously, it got worse. And then, again, when they, you know, go through Olivia's profile of the Silver Foxes, again, there's an issue of not feeling loved by that initial person, The initial man in your life that's meant to make you feel beautiful and intelligent and sophisticated and all of these things, which juxtaposes why Olivia Pope is Olivia Pope, but she never feels it, Mm -hmm. specifically as it relates to her relationship with Fitz and why she never thinks she's worthy. Not everyone else. It's really only Olivia who really doesn't think that she's good enough.
0: And also just to jump on what you're saying, it's also interesting because when they were going into her past about all the older guys that she's gone with, you know, it really speaks to her past in regards to her relationship with her father.
3: That people call it daddy issues, you know. Hopefully it'll come out.
1: It will come out and I can't wait to see more about that. But the important thing was, like I said earlier, it was a confidence thing, but her dad specifically said that um, you're out of options. And that was his lack of faith in her and anything. At that moment, she said, I'm never out of options. And then she calls a number, a very special number. What was it? The Providence Key? And she calls this number and then all of a sudden we see that there's a diversion for the paparazzi. So she has multiple vehicles coming out. And then we don't know which one she's in. All of a sudden she's in a bunker and we have the classic high, high between Olivia and Fitz. And then that's when it all begins and they're reunited. So let's talk about this Melly. Well, eventually Melly, but it I guess at first, Olivia Fitz, and then the Melly triangle that happens in this bunker, this very powerful scene. Um, This was just... I think this might have been my favorite scene in the episode, because we have this situation where... Obviously, uh, the feelings aren't gone from Olivia. She's still torn, because she loves Fitz. Fitz still loves her, but they have to deal with this situation at hand. And Fitz is still... I mean, we know... now we know why, but Fitz is still kind of in the now because Olivia's trying to focus on the situation and he's more worried about, oh, I can't save you if there's ever an emergency or anything.
2: I'm going to cut you off though. I think that's important because really, okay, I've always said this that's his woman, she's his, like, they, they're together, okay? He's the president of the United States of America. We've all seen movies that if there's uh, anything bad, I won't say certain words on air, but if there's anything bad, you see how Secret Service will, like, rush and bring him into a bunker and so forth and so on, and they bring the family another place, right? Imagine, as a man, if anything went wrong, not being able to protect or go and rescue the woman that you love, and you're the president of the United States of America, That's, to me, to a certain extent, what I heard. He was saying, this isn't a big enough deal, and we kind of find out why. He doesn't think it's a big enough deal for me never to be able to save you. Which, to me, I think is endemic or symbolic of what he's actually been trying to do for two seasons. Right? Because, theoretically, if he's able to say, I love you, publicly to the world, and she's able to say the same technically that means she thinks she's good enough and there's no one that she has to prove anything to or to be twice as good to. That she's just she is saying I'm good enough and I'm choosing what I want to choose not because I don't feel good enough that I have to build this wall or this facade. I'm going to do what I want to do because I want to do it not because it's the right thing to do. Well
3: it seems though she kind of got do you guys think that she got cornered into going along with telling the the whole truth story because at first when she was in the bunker it didn't seem like she didn't seem like she was really really into it or was it that she was just we gotta keep in mind this is a fresh breakup they really broke up yesterday you know what I mean like they broke up yesterday now they're here and she's lying she's agreeing to lie about their love and their relationship and she's agreeing with his wife
1: well, even like backing up a bit, when she introduced Melly and said, you know, we have a third person coming in, he thought it was gonna be Cyrus, I was I'm not surprised not I'm not surprised now, but initially when Melly was saying, I don't understand what the big deal is, we can smile and pretend to the cameras like we always do. But like Fitz pointed out, because of severity of the situation, because she just recently had that interview where she said that he cheated and then a name has been released, it's completely different. But that whole exchange between them, it was when I think things obviously things got really tense when Melly called Olivia a whore to her face. And that's when the whole dynamic of that scene took a change because it was like, OK, listen, I'm standing right here. We're going to be adults about this and I'm not going to have you call me out of my name right here. I'm Olivia Pope. You're Melly Grant. That's Fitzgerald Grant. I know that's your husband. I am, if you want to say, quote unquote, mistress, according to the media, according to you and your mind. But let's be real about this. We're in love, but we still have to figure out this situation. How we're going to tackle it? But I mean, you knew Millie had to get it in once.
3: She did. You can't blame her.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: You, I mean, you can.
0: But also, then again, when you allow for something like this to happen, you get burns. She uh, she she knew it. She allowed it. And so- she
1: allowed it though in hopes of getting some type of advantage and political power, which clearly fits, and everybody else is trying to deny her.
3: And she allowed it. Remember, it was wasn't towards the end of the season last season where Melly realized that Fitz really cared for Olivia. Because up until a point, she thought they were really just sleeping together. She thought it was just a sexual thing, but it wasn't until after the break, like, towards the the, the last half of season two, is where she clicked in her mind when she was like, oh, wow, they really do care about each jo- other. He really does love her.
1: Now... No, go-, go ahead, Emil. I was gonna say, and if i moving too fast, stop me, but did you guys during this scene even suspect that maybe Fitz was the one who released the name? No. Because now now that we know that, and looking back, of course he's going to be like, oh yeah, let's reclaim the narrative and tell the truth and get it all out in the open. And that whole scene bothered me how Olivia... I mean, Olivia is fantastic with come up with these plans, but to come up with this plan to how they're going to release it to the press and how Millie just going to stand by his side, it just was a little too... I thought it was whack.
0: Why? Yeah. The whole... the whole, I don't know, that that whole scene... I felt like, where's Olivia? Like, where are you? Um, that story was whack. And and for her to say that this is the plan, this is what we're gonna do, girl. Have you not slept for four days? Like, what is going on in your head? Like that story, it was. I don't know. I just no. No,
2: I mean, I think I I I'm actually gonna second your sentiment in the fact that you're saying that it's whack, but I think that it's because Olivia never makes Olivia the client. Yeah. So she was still basically using herself as a sacrificial lamb or as a pawn. Like So she was running it like, how am I going to help them? So mm-hmm. technically, in, in that standpoint, it was a great plan, right? But at no point did she say, what do I, Olivia Pope, want? So even though we now know why he said it, but when he goes, no, why don't we reclaim the narrative? Right. That resonated with me, because basically at the end of the day, the whole premise of this show is basically there that Washington, D.C. has secrets and secrets will always come out. But when secrets come out, who fixes it? Olivia Pope. Right. Now, theoretically, if you don't want to have to be your own client, then you don't control the narrative. You reclaim it because you basically don't have a secret. You own it. And technically, on one level, you say, I'm not married. No, seriously, I'm not married. I'm not a public figure. She's no longer chief of of, of or head of what's the per title or former title communications. Anyways, she no longer works for the White House. She's not married. She is a single woman. My social life or who I'm sleeping with or not sleeping with is none of your business, right? I, granted, that's my own little fantasy world. That really would never happen given the dynamics, but. I think you're completely right. It was whack, but it's whack because Olivia never puts Olivia first.
1: And yeah. it kind of reminded me though remember, was it the end of season one where Melly and Olivia came with the plan for Fitz? And in this situation, it was kind of like Fitz was saying, okay, now it's going to be me and Olivia. Melly, you're going to listen, you're going to play along, and this is how it's going to go so I can get what I want this time, and everything will be cool. I can still have Olivia, yeah. we can smooth it out with the media. But right when Melly said, We're not having this, and Melly kind of just shut that shit down, that's when I. <laughs> I mean, honestly, she did, because we were sitting there in the studio, like, No. And then as soon as we said no, Melly said, Oh, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> and then she's. It was the quote, she said, You tell us disgusting fairy tale, and I will make a scene. And.
2: <sighs> and she said, I'm tired. And I think she is, because I, jumping back to what Cornelia said, I think that. <laughs> All throughout season one and season two, we realized that she had always been aware of this affair, right? And she, I think with each incident of them connecting, not connecting, how he reacted when they weren't together, how he reacted when they were were together, she started to learn more and more and more. And I think that for her, the final straw was when he was willing to give up the presidency of the United States of America, because then that, in essence, invalidated everything that she had given up. She, she was basically in essence giving up a part of herself as not only a wife, but as an intelligent woman for a particular goal. And if he was no longer the president, all that goal or those dreams would be done for. I think that the, 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 the coffin, the nail in the coffin was when basically he made it very clear no, you're not mad because I had an affair with a whore. You're mad that I'm in love with another woman. Yeah. He made that very clear. Mm-hmm. And I think, she knew that that's where they were at, but the fact that he said it, that's why she was like, all right, cool. Well, then, I never made a pretense before that it was about us. I've always said it's about me, but I'm just now going back to the fact that we no longer need to pretend it's about me, and this doesn't work for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When he said that, when he told her, it's not about,
3: you know, X, Y, Z, it's about that I'm in love with another woman, knife to the gut. Yeah. Like, man, you could... But then that was a slap in the face for Olivia. Because again, just yesterday, she wiped her hands of the relationship for whatever reasons. She felt like she needs to walk (laughs) away. You know, and then now, the day after, her name is in the in, all over the tabloids. Her dad just made her feel like dirt. She's in there. Her the the wife of the the man she loves is telling her exactly what she's been doing for the last year. And then this man is like, "Well, but I'm in love with her." That's a this that, that, is a lot to swallow. Like this was just yesterday. We're, like it's a season away from uh, for us. Yeah, but that was yesterday. Better and I mean, and I, yeah, I and I think
2: it it shows in their body language because Fitz is, like, relaxed, reclined in a chair. She literally looks like she can barely stand up. She's, like, leaning on the stair, right?
0: Yeah, she, goes and in, Melly, she, actually, she goes and sit down on the steps for a second.
2: No, to- totally, sit but down. the way that she sat down, she didn't just sat down. She almost, like, it's like her knees buckled on her, and mm. she was leaning on the stairs. Like, she could barely sit up properly, and Melly is in full Melly posture. Mm-hmm. She's like, no. She's fully standing. She's like, no, we're not going to do this. I think it's it. Yeah, I don't know. It shows a lot about
0: the. But I think the one good thing that I did like about it is finally someone. Olivia's, she's been in a bad situation this whole entire time, and when Fitz was like, you know, how are you? How how are you? She kept trying to play. I'm strong. I'm strong. (laughs) At least she finally just kind of buckled down, just released and just kind of let it go and just let it all out. And Fitz was there for her. So even if they weren't romantically or whatever or people were thinking that they were going to kiss, I he did. truly care. He truly cared for her and therefore he hugged her. But now we have to move on to a car. Well,
1: no, no, we can talk about it. Before. I'm glad her wall broke down, though, because she was still it's I. I understand she's Olivia Pope, but we need to see her out of Olivia Pope mode. And when she said, you know, this is how I deal with my people. She says she's not a client. Or when she talks to her client, she says, I explained to them it's not personal. This is just part of a story that the press is trying to narrate. But let's be real. They're talking about, exactly. They're talking about you. They're calling you a whore, the mistress, all these different things. That affects you personally. So it's nice to see her finally break down and engage because clearly that couldn't happen with her father. That can't happen with Olivia or the Pope and Associates because if she does that with them, that will be the wall that doesn't need to be breaked down because she's Olivia Pope. She, Mm. I mean, she doesn't have anybody she can do that, but with Fitz. And then she just called it off, like you said, yesterday with Fitz. So in this very moment, I don't know if I'm necessarily thrilled that she did it to him, but who else would she who else would she break down to? I
0: mean she went to she went for she went to him for help.
1: Yeah. That's her, her ex
3: boyfriend. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like that just the day, like just like before, they spent they were spending the night together. She was asking him if he was going to sleep at her house. Like you know what I mean? They, it's it's.
1: You would have had a fit if it was Pudding Pop. So just let it go. <laughs> Don't it's, bring up his name. I know. So <laughs> he'll be back. So basically, Melly said uh, two times is okay, and it's going to be that you guys slept together before or right after the inauguration, and then right after he recovered from his wounds from getting shot and he was uh facing death and dealing with mortality and that's the reason why just so people understand so let's talk about how this scandal was resolved though because remember when she initially got onto the plane after her father made her feel like shit she got onto the plane and she sat there the first person she caught was cyrus did you guys think i personally i never thought that cyrus would stoop that low and do that because as mean and as, as aggressive as cyrus is and As orchestrated he is as making sure that his plans go through, Olivia is still his friend. I never for a moment, though, thought that he was the person who would have leaked the name.
2: I wouldn't put it past him. He almost killed James. I agree. I I totally agree with Cornelia. I agree with you because it doesn't serve his purpose, but not that he's above it. Yeah. It just doesn't serve his purpose, but he's not above it.
1: Well, she calls him and then he says that, you know, (laughs) basically, I can't have you disappearing because then the president will think that I killed you. So that was
0: kind of deep. Yeah.
1: So she got off the plane and then we slowly but surely see um, how they're going to deal with this case. Now, let's talk about uh, the Pope and Associates. We've seen through season two how Harrison has kind of taken the, the lead role in the Pope and Associates, sometimes even overpassing Olivia, saying that I'm in charge. We have to do this, which is what he did in this episode. He said, you know. She needs help, even if she doesn't want our help. She's the person who needs help right now, and we need to help regardless of the situation. But do you think he was out of line in what he did as far as...
2: I, I, I actually am going to back up for a minute because I feel like the way she reacted, they had every right to think that she was crazy. That she had snapped because she didn't acknowledge anything. Like she literally thought it was going to be business as normal. She's like, "No, let's get back to work. We have clients." And they're like, "Are you kidding me?" And she goes through the, the 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 motions of calling everyone and crossing off all the lists. Like, think about it. You're like children. You're like, "Oh my god, my parents like they've they've really lost it." So basically, in essence, what he did was he called nine one one. Like he called for help, right? Because the parent isn't listening to you anymore. So I can't even, I can't even kind of even make a judgment of whether or not he was right or wrong because I think that he was in such a state of distress. He almost had no other choice.
1: And then just things just pop in my head. Olivia, I just remember like hardly any of the associates, maybe Huck, maybe Harrison had a slight clue, but they had no clue that any of this was going on. So to walk into the office and just have, uh, what? No, no, no. Well, Harrison, Harrison knew. knew.
3: Remember. He remember, he knew. because remember the toward the end of last season he came into Olivia's office and he told her what is your end game you're not tied to anything right. if you fall you don't have anybody I'm the person so tell me what you need me to do I'm your only crutch and I then remember nothing. when David and then
2: even remember when when the comment about basically um, uh, the president sleeping with someone with the whole Mellie situation and David made a comment when David was still part of the inner circle and they all got up from the table all the associates got up and they all looked at the ground and they all laughed like they all knew
0: yeah. And so.
2: nobody was
3: surprised. Let's really talk about yeah. it. This came on the news. It hit the news. And when she came in, they were like, so what do you want us to do? Like, they weren't like, oh. Like, nobody <laughs> was like, oh. Like, they didn't feel like she pulled the wool over anybody's life. They were like, okay,
2: so now what? They knew. They had to. But what do you think? Do you think he was out of line?
1: I honestly, I don't. Um Because... It kind of goes back to the same situation with the father. Olivia is still in Olivia Pope mode, and until somebody really takes charge and puts her in her place, then she's not going to listen. And in a way, that's how her father raised her. Don't take from nobody. And so she's in charge, and she's like, okay, I can handle this. Oh, you're saying that our clients are going? No, let me deal with this. I'm Olivia Pope. Let me call Sandra. Uh, Sandra, uh, (laughs) I, I mean, she's in the now, and it's just one of those things where she is completely oblivious right now to what's truly going on, and it wasn't until... Or it can't be until Harrison, like, really takes charge and tells the other associates, you know, our leader is going down. The plane is crashing. So we need to help her right now before it crashes. And she doesn't... I don't... Um, I don't think he was out of line, though. Yeah. And I, and
2: I think that, that the way he handled it was phenomenal. I mean, even in so much as from the very beginning, the way he called Cyrus and basically told Cyrus why this is a bad idea and basically we need to make it somebody else. It cannot be lived. He planted the seed. He planted the seed from the very beginning and not only did he plant the seed, he let them know i.e. the White House that they would be amenable to fixing it in this manner. And besides Mm -hmm. that, Harrison
3: really that was the only thing Harrison really took initiative to do because Melly and Cyrus came up with the plan. That DVD came from them to Harrison. He didn't create the DVD. He didn't find the info. He just gave it to the press. So when she came in and you know it was like, "What did you do?" We did with Wait, Cyrus. No no, 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 no. Technically, he had the DVD, right? And that's why. But and he it gave come? it to Cyrus. But when Melly,
2: remember when Melly came to Cyrus, and said, "I have a plan," right? Okay. So, I think it was her. She had a plan, but I don't think they knew what the plan, plan was yet. I and think, and, yeah, I think yes. they worked together. Yeah, and that's I think why even he said, together. he's like, we we all have to be in agreement with that. And that's basically when Huck, and he was like, this is right. And that's when Huck said, no, Olivia tells us what's right. And he was basically like, well, Olivia's not here. Like, we got to do this. Are we all in? And he, you know what I mean? And he literally was touching the CD or
1: DVD or whatever. Oh, uh, okay. This is one of those things a true gladiator like, has to know when they need to step in and help and I think they did that so we had that situation that's how they resolved it but on the flip side before we had all that happen we had another situation where the president was trying to get Sally the vice president to agree with him what's up? Sally
0: stuck it to Cyrus oh that was hilarious I'm sorry (laughs) she gave it to him
1: she gave it to him but Sally is genius like just as far as quotes on the show as well like Sally is freaking genius um but the way she it, this is a <laughs> this is another character who i've i fell in love with because <laughs> She's another person who they try to, because she wasn't part of that original table, the table that brought Fitz to power. So they kind of treat her as if she is not as important. You're going to go with what we have planned. You're going to go with uh, the agenda that we are trying to push through this government. Whatever you say needs to support the president. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm still Sally. I have my own agenda. I will stand by you to a certain extent. And when... When this whole thing came out, and I love when anything happens where she has the possible opportunity to jump in and make Fitz look bad, she jumps in. But Cyrus tries to make her look bad and it was when she like really, like you said, just tore him down. Tore him
0: down. She's like, I've never um uh, I've never forced my opinions, but basically let me tell you what my opinions are. Right. But on that the f- a little big <clears throat> it, she is but- <laughs> But, you know, again, if that's what she believes, but she's never she's never said anything. But sometimes Cyrus can really take you there and Cyrus got what he deserves. But what I thought was smooth was after that whole ordeal, Fitz was like, Cyrus, relax. I got this. He smooth talk the shit out of Sally
1: well the reason is the re- the reason why I said earlier is one of those things where I was like
0: Sally must don't have a man cause she she got pl- oh he's she smooth- has
1: one no. but he's stepping out on her yeah. but the reason why I said she's one of those people where she's not being respected as far as her position by everybody else when you have somebody just like Melly. Fitz has so many times gotten on Melly's good side but just showing her respect, getting down to her level or up to her level, wherever they think they are, talking to them in a respectful manner and saying, hey listen, you know I'm gonna be truthful with you, I'm gonna tell you how it is, I'm sorry that I did this I'm sorry I did that, instead of treating her like she's a bulldog, like she's just out in the grass, "Go, go fetch like that's how they've been treating her and he finally just leveled her and said, hey you know, I'm gonna be real with you and when, even in our lives if somebody treats me with respect, I'm gonna treat them back with respect and say oh I'll be willing to help you especially since she knows
2: and, no go ahead going to say
1: especially she, since she knows that this could eventually help her in the end
2: I agree and I actually am going to take a different approach than Bam I think that he smooth talked her by touching upon her religion because yeah. I feel like in that moment what he did is he confessed Mm -hmm. He atoned. And technically, as she's played herself out to be, season one and season two, as a good Christian, if someone atones for their sins, it's your role to forgive them. So that's what I felt like was going on on that couch. Like, I don't think that he was smooth-talking her from, like, that man-woman perspective. I really think that's why even he said, he was like, yo, if you were a guy, I'd offer you... Scotch, I don't know what to do because you're a woman, so do you drink? Like, and I think that the way he sat down, I think he was confessing, and I think that's what took her off guard because she, she never expected him to be that truthful and I think later on that's why she even was able to confess yeah. and they were able to have a moment because it, I think it was confessional it was mm-hmm. like that 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 safety or that sanctity
1: and the bond was finally created because they've it's always been kind of like two magnets opposing magnets mm-hmm. that can't quite click and for the first time since they had that mutual bond they connected and we found out that apparently something's going on for her husband Dan he has a lot of fun yeah so mm-hmm. she has a lot in common with Fitz and that's why she, the comment where she said um, why are you being so kind to me she says because we're not Partners, so um do uh, we
0: didn't talk about how they flipped the scandal on Jeanette? Is that important? Yeah, we that yeah, yeah, we're about to talk about that. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: We saw that the plan that Fitz, Melly and Olivia orchestrated in the bunker didn't go through because Melly turned around and flipped the switch on everybody. And she had that DVD release. Jeanette was thrown and Cyrus is in on the plan. But the cool thing was when Mellie walked into the office or Fitz walked into the office and he basically had the same approach that <laughs> Olivia had when she walked into OPA. You know, the what did you do stance. He was saying, what did Cyrus do? And Melly said, you know, it wasn't Cyrus, it was me. And it was that moment where Melly was proud because she was saying, you know, you keep looking as if Cyrus is the only person who has any type of intelligence or any type of, of function. And she went back and quoted one of our favorite quotes from last season. You said I was ornamental not functional. And when she said that it was kind of like, listen, I don't know who you think I am, but I'm the first lady of the United States and you need to respect me. And that whole scene.
3: Yeah. She pretty much, she pretty much told him what she's been doing in her free time. But then on the flip side, he
0: got he came right back.
3: He came right back. If you remember genius. last season, remember I last remember. season when he laid yes. in my lap and we, and had, we all said we were like, "What are you and doing?" we were like, "Why is he?" No, but then we were like, "Is that a smirk?" Yes. Remember? Yeah. I even watched it last uh-huh. last episode today, and I was like he smirked mm-hmm. and he told her what he
2: did he played her and that was step one for
3: him it was
1: so mm-hmm. good he's like no step one like, mm. but
2: this is the only thing that I don't understand so when she said okay I know that you leaked it and then he told her no but I did this so did he want this end game so so did he actually want it to come out or did he want her to end run him and fix it and it not be Olivia do, do you do understand
3: you you my question like he
2: would have been cool with either one
1: yeah, because it seems like, because it, it's kind of what he said. He said the whole purpose is now you can't use Olivia as this thing that you can hold against me and say, mm-hmm. oh, no, if you do this, I'm like, no, it's because, out yeah. now.
3: Because even if, even if Melly did what she did, what she did, mm-hmm. now Jeanette is thrown in the loop. Olivia's name still was out there for a moment. So either way, Fitz kind of wins in his, from his perspective, because even though now it's tied to Jeanette. At first, it was tied to Olivia. So now, it now people will never forget that that was on the table. Like they they're gonna focus on Jeanette,
1: but Olivia always be in the back of their mind. Always
3: be in the back of their mind.
1: Yeah, always. What if? Yeah, that was whack
0: too. The mm. Jeanette thing. God. Poor Jeanette. That's yeah. not no, unfortunate okay. for
2: her. Not only is it unfortunate. Why not Vanessa Chandler, the reporter? Sure like, screw that. Like, and I know this is gonna sound mean, but the minute the, that Vanessa Chandler got on the news and said, I only have one source, and maybe I'm watching too many other shows, <laughs> but like, don't they have to have two sources? Like, isn't there some ethical obligation as journalists? You can't have one source, your one source could be Twitter granted Twitter is very accurate I know, however right. you need to have validate from another source right so the fact that she's getting on TV and and not just saying that he had an affair but naming someone as powerful as Olivia Pope off of one source I have a problem with that I have a problem because you're grimy, sorry, I just don't like the character. I know she was only on for a second. I apologize. <laughs> That's who they should have gone after. No, because at least she... Because to me as a reporter, like you know if you're going to come after the President of the United States of America, something could happen to you, yeah. right? So you, you, when you went to Malloy's, you kind of were like, okay, I'm going to take whatever happens. This other girl has been doing her job. Yeah, she was innocent. Didn't, it, it was innocent, didn't say anything. Even when she's having the press conference with them, she's not saying any jokes about Olivia or the President. She's doing her job. I don't like that at all. I don't like
1: it. We're going to wrap this up, guys. Uh, The episode ended, and we... Our jaws dropped because Cyrus walks into his apartment, or his house, and we see Charlie with the gun pointed at him. But our jaws dropped when... um, James, was right there next to him, seemingly unconscious. Poor thing. Oh,
2: I thought he was dead. We, no, no, no. I like, screamed, no! and my nails went into bam.
1: And oh, I, I, wait, I made a it? comment. I was like, I was like, so, congratulations, Dan Bukentiski. <laughs> you won your, your Emmy. I was like, so he wins an Emmy, and then you kill him? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but we knew, I mean, we didn't know, but that was just a scary moment. And then Cyrus asked, you know, is he dead? He says no. And then Cyrus gets taken to Rowan, Olivia's father, and then we find out that there is undoubtedly going to be the storyline for quite a few episodes what really happened at Operation Remington. So this is where we left off and I can't wait to find out more. Uh, we're going to go into news and gossip though right now. TV news. <clears throat> Guys, it was a long, long summer. Oh, I agree. this quick side note, because <laughs> I know some of you probably saw on Twitter, so we have a lot of news, but the highlight of my summer was just one day randomly I went to the Grove and because I saw, I just randomly saw a tweet from Extra TV who shoots at the Grove which is a place out here in LA that Tony Goldman was going to be there they and used to and you said what? they used to they moved to Universal. oh yeah they're Universal now but they used to be at the Grove and I went there and yeah they're Universal now oh. and um, Tony was there and I got there and um, got to see him up close and in person I was like trying to live tweet my phone was having issues the point is he is the nicest person ever I got to shake his hand and I haven't watched it since. No, I I really haven't, but he he is seriously the nicest guy ever. And he stayed. And even though he had to go to another interview later, he took pictures. I got a free, uh, scandal season two DVD, which bam is currently borrowing, but and it was so freaking amazing. I'm so glad I had to meet it. And, um, Hopefully, hopefully, one day this season or in the future, we'll have him in studio so we can meet him in person and he can sit on our lovely sofa and we can interview him. But, um, what other news do we have, guys?
2: I mean, we, we can't even. We don't even have enough time to talk about it, but obviously, not only has scandal skyrocketed from the little engine that we all know could <clears throat> to now being a global phenomena, Carrie uh, Washington has been dubbed by several publications and everyone who knows anything about anything as the new It Girl, the Muses of Muses, and she has just been on cover after cover Vanity Fair, Essence, Ebony. I think she's um, on the Hollywood Reporter uh, most powerful list um, with women and, and 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 that's a list that um, comprises of not only actresses, but also studio executives. Um, Variety, sorry, Variety Power List. So just on and on and on. She is just everywhere and I think even um, People Magazine uh, voted her uh, best dress so you know Olivia Pope is fly but Carrie Washington she just takes it up a whole nother level and um, I don't
0: and not only Carrie um, not only with her great fashion sense but you guys know that they have now taken the scandal wardrobe and now it's available at Saks, Saks, Saks. Saks Fifth Avenue they had the event and last mannequins. night I think
2: yeah no and, and, and in Beverly Hills and Beverly so Hills. so they had a, the event in New York so they literally have uh, scandal yeah. mannequins that Carrie uh, Washington Washington and Lynn Palo, uh, the, um, uh, basically, they curated and picked the clothes and basically did the scenes and set everything up. And they had um, an event, I think it was last night. You can definitely go to Carrie Washington's Twitter um, and uh, on Facebook to check that out. But they also have windows in Beverly Hills and one other place that some I'm forgetting. So just tell me on Twitter so that we can tell everyone uh, where those windows are so that you guys can go check
0: it out and take pictures. I hope it's not overkill.
1: No, I think it's, it's just crazy because this show... It's literally changing, like, the way people view fashion. Like, it's one of those things where you're watching the show, and you're like, oh, I kind of like that jacket. Even, oh, I like even
2: that. Sally. Even Sally yeah. Langston, her jacket, the gray jacket with the black on the side. I was like, go ahead, girl. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> um, and then <laughs> just some quick congratulations. Like I said earlier, Dan Bukentiski, um, congratulations on your Emmy win for guest Guest actor. actor. in a series. And then All also, deserved. recently, um, Shonda Rhimes was appointed to the Kennedy Center Board. So congratulations oh, wow. to you, too. Um, yeah. But we are so, 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 so very excited to be back, guys. And we still have way, way, way more to talk about. But we can always continue the conversation online on Twitter. We will give you our Twitter names at the end of the show. Also on iTunes and on YouTube um, and our personal websites, wherever you want to interact with us. Uh, Tumblr... Everything, all different social media sites, we're here for you, and we want to talk to you. So make sure you continue the conversation online, <laughs> and we will continue with you. Um, so I guess we will go into predictions.
2: And now, your after AfterBuzz TV
1: predictions. Um, as you know, with my predictions is always more questions than predictions. <laughs> so a couple of questions I have. I want to know exactly what angle uh, Fitz is playing with the whole Offering Sally you know, jump through the window or climb through the window and kind of take the presidency away from me. I want to know quite the angle that he's going with that. Um, Is he really trying to get out of the White House and take Olivia by his side? Is he trying to eventually throw Sally under the bus for not being loyal to him? Like, there's just so many different ways that could go. I want to know, obviously, more about this um, Remington. Remington thing. And we're going to find out more about that. I want to see how the associates progress after this role and how harrison's role gets bigger and bigger in this series and it's so funny i'm so proud of him because remember first season we we're like he doesn't have any lines we were like give him some lines and just how he's progressed over the seasons um those are my three my three main things and also i want to see how david deals with the dynamic between olivia and associates and him now that he's back to his position his new his new position and that dynamic
3: yeah I think I predict that we will see, we will watch Olivia learn the backstory about her mom and her dad's relationship. Because like I said before, there's just something fishy about her dad being in this position, talking to her the way that he does... Her not being really around to him for him to really raise her. And then her, her mom dies in a plane crash when she's 12. Like, something about his job the, and the fact that he had somebody break down her door with a gun and he said he was trying to shoot Jake, but really, were you really trying to kill your daughter? Right. It's just something about that. I think we'll see Olivia's backstory revealed
2: to her at the same time as us.
1: Because, honestly, how would he even know that Jake was going to be there? Continue.
2: <clears throat> I think that there is going to be... Um Like, a scary, um, like, deja vu. I think we're literally going to experience deja vu. That there are going to be episodes that almost are going to mirror season one in the whole uh, scandal with Amanda Tanner. With Olivia Pope and the White House. And it will either go one of two ways. Either it will mirror how it went before... Or it's going to show how Olivia can make different choices. Because as we can see, the fact that she, that Vanessa, not Vanessa Chandler, but the what Janine is going to be her client, Mm -hmm. that means she's going against the White House. Because, again, Olivia Pope isn't going to loop them in. Right? So, again, she's going back to Olivia Pope like nothing else has happened. Like, she's not going to, like, you know, loop them in. And she's going to go head to head and there's going to be some kind of war. It just decides, are we going to repeat ourselves? Are we going to make the same mistake again and again and again? Or are we going to learn from our mistake and choose a different
0: route? Yeah, and I don't particularly like the fact that she um, that she picked her. But I I think that uh, to her, as her client, I think there's the definitely we're going to see the backstory. And I have avoided you know any kind of clips or any photos. But there was one photo that I saw unfortunately, and it was with Carrie uh, uh, Washington and Cicely Tyson sitting at a table. So I'm thinking that Cicely Tyson is going to play her grandmother, and they're going to she. Um, uh, she's going to step up and there's going to be some kind of relationship because the mom is dead. So Cicely Tyson will, you know, emerge and, and something. But we'll definitely we'll definitely see the backstory to that. And then I'm going to predict that Melly, um, Melly, um the, the women, um, all of the girls I'm blanking out, all of the girls except for Olivia, their makeup was super heavy. Uh, last t- on tonight's episode <laughs> so I'm gonna predict that they bring that makeup down cause it was mad heavy and it's like they look like glamour girls it's like uh-huh, I don't like that sorry
2: I'm gonna just sorry um, jump on to because I think this she may have been saying this maybe she, the mom's actually not dead. I don't mm. listen. so because I, I think that's it. I'm just I, and this isn't really my projection. I'm jumping on Camelia's, but I think that's what she was saying. She just didn't get a, a chance to actually articulate that. I'm not sure if the mom's dead. Yeah, I don't I don't think she. I definitely don't think she just died out of
1: nowhere yeah, in a plane crash. Especially
2: crashed. given the fact of what the dad was just
3: about to exactly. Do with exactly. I was
1: thinking that. He was gonna send okay. her away,
2: right? And th- Disappear. And his face would be like, whether Brussels, Johannesburg, right? You see? Blah, blah, yeah,
3: I'm They're balling. Where thing, you want to so- go?
1: mom, yeah. okay, I can't. Mm-hmm. If I must, I would like to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, guys, that is a wrap for our after show for tonight. So we're gonna take it out. Where can we find you guys on social media?
2: Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley or on Facebook, same name.
0: I want to give a shout-out to Tamika at, uh, at scandal underscore swagger. Uh, she sent me some hats so to wear on the show, so thank you. What is that hat from her? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm.
1: So and, thanks, Tamika. Okay, and can
2: I
3: make I a know. salty face? Where's
1: my hat at? Right. So, bam, getting personal gifts over right, Go ahead.
3: You can find me at Cornelia <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I also have a show, J-Spot Comedy Club, Los Angeles, the Area. Come by tomorrow at 8 o'clock.
1: Better promote. I know. Oh. And you can find me on almost everything at Emil it's Jr. and on YouTube um, at Chase in LA. Guys, it has been a pleasure and a blast. Gladiators, we hope that you broke records tonight. And we and can't wait. Twitter. Yes. <laughs> and we can't wait to see you guys next week. Same time, same place. After Buzz TV. We love you guys. Bye, Gladiators.